The following Dharma talk was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Good evening. Can everyone hear me all right? Okay. I have a little bit of a cold, so um, if you can't hear me, just yell out or anything. <laughs> um, so this is the practice group for loving kindness tonight. Is everyone in the right place? The 12-step group is in the community room. It's kind of the same thing, but <laughs> different format. So my name is Jean Haley, and I have the privilege of leading the group tonight. Um, I know some of you, but I don't know most of you, I think. So um, I'm... Uh, I don't know what to say about myself. Uh, I teach the Mindful Self-Compassion class here with Jane Roundhorse and also lead the practice group. And I, I do other things, give Dharma talks and that kind of stuff. Um, I also teach at the Center for Spirituality and Healing at the University of Minnesota. And um, I guess most importantly, I've been practicing for a couple of decades in a variety of traditions, so Tibetan and Zen and uh, Theravadan, which we're practicing here. Uh, and I would say that loving kindness has been a challenge for me. So you, they say you should teach what you need. So that's what I'm teaching. <laughs> I don't claim to be the expert. I'm just going to share some of my own experience, and I really will welcome hearing yours. So is there anyone here tonight for the first time to Common Ground? Oh, great. Welcome. It can be a little intimidating to come into a place like this where everybody's quiet and you kind of don't know what the deal is. So um, raise your hand again if you wouldn't mind if you're new. So if everyone would just kind of look at these folks and with a welcoming glance and um, maybe you might want to say hello or something afterwards. Um, the first time I started practicing, I went to a Zen center and everybody was looking at the ground and not saying anything, and I thought that was incredibly weird. I thought it had something to do with me, but it didn't, of course. So <laughs> if nobody's looking at you, it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> um, so for those who are new, the bathrooms are right outside. There are bathrooms downstairs. We'll have a little bit of movement uh, in the middle of this. And I'll just tell you what I'm planning on doing, and then we'll do it. So we're going to start with chanting, and I'll introduce the chant before we do it. And then we're going to do a guided loving-kindness meditation, and I'll introduce that too and tell you why I chose that one particular one. And then I will make a few uh, remarks or reflections. Again, I'm not the expert. I'm just sharing my own experience and what I know. You should never speak about something you don't know. So I'm going to share some reflections on loving-kindness. And then I would love to hear your questions or your comments and reflections on your own practice. And then Sharon, Sharon uh, is going to be reading from a book where people write comments and requests for things that are of concern to them or people that are of concern to them. And then at the end, we're going to do something called sharing the merit, which is we're going to offer what we've done here to the benefit of all beings. So does that sound like a plan? Yeah. OK, good. 
Okay, so everyone has a chant book. The chant book looks kind of like this. And on page 28 is a chant. You've got to have pretty good eyes to see it. Um, called the Buddha's Word, uh, Words on Loving Kindness. Thank you, that helps. So I'll say just a little bit about chants. So for those who are not familiar with this tradition, the teachings were transmitted through chanting. People memorized the chants. Monastics memorized the chants. And that's how they transmitted the teachings from one generation to the next. So the, um, this particular chant is based on the loving kindness, the metta sutta, which is the, um, how to say it, one of, an older form of loving kindness practice. If you're familiar with it at all, you might be familiar with the way it was um, um, structured in something called the Vasudhi Magga, which is a, commentary on the Buddhist teachings, which was written many hundreds of years after his death by somebody named Buddhaghosa. None of that's important. But um, Buddhaghosa described a certain way to practice loving kindness, and that's what many of us are familiar with, using phrases in a particular order. But the, this particular chant in this sutta, or this teaching, predates that. So these are kind of a, it's an earlier uh, Glimpse. I don't know if the Buddha said anything like this, in fact, but it's probably somewhat close to what he taught originally. So it was chanted in what's called Pali, which is kind of like Hebrew. It was the spiritual language, the way the teachings were transmitted. It was not actually the language the Buddha spoke, but related to that. And um, Pali is a very beautiful language, and I wish I could chant it in Pali, but I can't. So um, if you're interested at all in hearing what it sounded like originally, you, of course, can find it on the internet. And I would recommend that you look for um, this particular chant chanted by somebody named Greg Scharf. You can find him on Dharma's Seed, which is a website. He has a beautiful chanting voice. And it's something about hearing the words in the original language. For me, anyways, it really gets in. I don't have to worry about what the words mean. I can just kind of soak myself in it. So I really recommend that you try that if you're at all interested. So I'll just say a little bit about these marks on the chant before we do it, if you're not familiar with it. So those little carrot marks. Um, so the lines that are in parentheses are lines that actually I chant the first one and then we start down. If the carrot's going down, that means the tone goes down. If it goes up, that means the tone goes up. If there's a long line, that means you hold it a bit. And what have I missed? I think that's pretty much it. So d don't worry about what you sound like. <laughs> that's not the point. Um, just enjoy it and do the best you can and um, see if you can soak it in. Some people chant this every day, which I think is a, a lovely practice. So any questions about the chant before we begin it? So I'll begin. <clears throat> now let us chant the Buddha's words on loving kindness. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness. 
And who knows the path of peace? Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety may all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will, with harm upon another, even as a mother protects with her life, her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart, should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths outwards and unbounded, free from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection, this is said to be the sublime abiding 
by not holding to fixed views. The pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. So loving kindness is a practice, and I'll talk a little bit about how we practice it, and then we'll practice it. So as I mentioned earlier, the form that many of us are familiar with, if we've already practiced it, is a form that came, that was developed several hundred years after the Buddha's death. And it was a form that was designed for monastics. And it was part of the design was to help uh, the monks and nuns to um, develop a deep state of concentration. So there's, there, there are words that are repeated and the idea is to repeat the words and concentrate on the words and um, as much as possible to keep an open heart. And it's done in a particular sequence of working with oneself and then it goes to a benefactor and a friend. And so you go from the, what's considered to be the, the easiest person to start with, which is actually not the case for most of us ourselves, and then we move on to different categories until we get to all beings. And it, it's, it's word intensive, so um, we're using specific phrases to engender this quality of loving kindness. And loving kindness is a word that comes, and I'm told, is an English translation um, of the Pali word metta, for which there really isn't a good English word. Um, loving kindness was a Victorian English word, and to me it sounds a little clunky. Um, so I like to think of synonyms that work for me, and I would invite you to do the same. And one of the synonyms that I've heard is, is caring. So we're cultivating a, the quality of a caring heart for ourselves and for others. Or you could think of it as friendliness or unconditional love. So um, the point is, is to find a word that works for you that describes this quality of an open heart an open heart towards yourself, an open heart towards others. So for years I struggled with these words um, that I was taught, and um, I experimented with other ways to practice loving kindness, uh, including just using a visualization, so visualizing uh, myself and others without adding words. Um, and maybe 10 years ago, I had the opportunity to do a, a retreat with somebody named Lee Brasington. Um, and Lee is the um, American disciple of a woman named Aya Kem. Does that, is anybody familiar with Aya Kem? Kema, excuse me. So Aya means sister, and Kema is a name. So. Aya Kema, um, I highly recommend this book. Aya Kema was, a, was uh, born in Germany in the rise of Hitler. She's a Jew. 
she was sent on one of the transports to um, Britain, where she was housed with a family in Scotland. And her parents went to Shanghai, which was the only open port for Jews at that time. Um, and um, so long story short, she had quite a life. She ended up being reunited with her parents in Shanghai. Her father died in a Japanese internment camp. Um, she traveled the world. And she never felt deeply satisfied. She was looking for something. And it was in her early 50s that she discovered the practice of Buddhism. And so she apprenticed herself to someone, and she became a Buddhist nun. And that's the form in which she died. And part of her thing was that she wanted to make these practices accessible to everyone. And so she developed um, several ways of practicing loving kindness that I find just delightful. Um, and it was Lee Brasington that taught them to me. So I wanted to lead you through one of them tonight, just as an uh, introduction to a different way of, of cultivating the loving kindness or a caring heart. And just notice what your response is. You may hate it. You may love it. Um, you may be indifferent. I'm just doing it as an offering um, to, for those who may be... Um, this talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org.